Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. If you want to listen live, all you have to do is download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Also, if you want to catch this show on video, be sure to check out Zumo TV, channel 719. That's where you can find SportsGrid's Fantasy Sports Network. Enjoy the show, and thanks so much for listening. You are watching Game Time Decisions. I am Gabriel Morenci. I'm on the grid, and so is Ronnie Ruggs, a.k.a. Cam Stewart. Let's do this thing. A Tuesday edition of Game Time Decisions. What's going on, Cam? (laughs) I'm doing okay, buddy. Ron Rugg is uh, hanging in there. (laughs) I don't know what to do. I was going to give my uh, lady the trimmers, but I'm a little bit nervous. I I, I need uh, hair to be essential services. I, I told you, buddy, it's out of control right now. It is a pure rug. You're starting to remind me of uh, the governor of Michigan, Gretchen Whitner. <laughs> and, uh, only because um, Gretchen. Uh, yeah, Gretchen, what a name. Greedy Gretchen. Remember, I had those three companies. Oh, here comes Greedy Gretchen. Uh, uh, but every time I see her, every time I see the governor of Michigan, she looks different. Yeah, she has, yeah. like, a different hairdo. Like, yeah. she looks different. Sometimes she looks like she's 55. Sometimes she looks 35. <laughs> sometimes her hair is puffy. Sometimes it's flat. I'm like, damn, this girl's got a lot of different looks. And uh, I have to say the same thing about you. I never know what you're going to look like anymore. That's true. Your hair is no longer red. Like you, you've merged into like a new sort of brown type of thing. I got no idea. Is it the cheap shampoo? I don't know. I I, I don't know, Marenzi. I don't know what to tell you. But uh, hey, what, what can we do, buddy? It's just the uh, cheap, been... cheap, cheap shampoo. Yeah. What the suave? Eighty-eight cents. Maybe what I should. Kind, what, kind of, what kind of shampoo are you using? Well, I usually have head and shoulders, but I tried some. Uh, I found some uh, hotel stuff when I went to New York. Remember the hotel Pennsylvania? I don't think their whole. I, I don't think uh, their shampoos uh, of a high quality. I'll tell you what. I wouldn't be using any of the uh, <laughs> the, uh, the hygienic products uh, from the hotel Pennsylvania <laughs> across the street from Madison Square Garden, Ken. <laughs> I'm just saying. I, I can't throw anything out. You know me. I'm Scottish. Cheap, 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 cheap. <laughs> All right, uh, so uh, we're trying wow. to put some money in your pocket. Yes, yes. Um, so we're already one day away from a new UFC card. Everybody, it's interesting. Everybody was so caught up, right? You notice it was like the Korean Baseball League. The Korean Baseball League came out. Everybody went crazy in the first night. A couple yep. of people bet the second night. People completely tapped by the third night. <laughs> <laughs> I went one and three in the opening night and tapped out after. I was like, yeah, I'm not like, uh, I'm not wait- I'm not going to sit up all night betting 50 bucks a game on Korean baseball all the time when there's UFC uh, coming back. And there's NASCAR coming back as well. And we've got odds. And uh, we've got some historical facts uh, for you as far as Darlington is concerned. We're going to jump right in. Uh, We've got UFC uh, as well. UFC on Wednesday night from Jacksonville uh, once again. And I don't know if you guys remember, but uh, last week I said, one thing that I'm looking forward to is hearing the fighters' uh, perspective. What was good about it? What was bad about it? What was difficult? about it and there are a lot of positives we we kidded about it yesterday in which um the the fighters they don't care that there's fans there or not not one fighters at all yeah. uh but a big advantage was actually people listening to daniel cormier and people listening to joe rogan and the in-fight uh analysis that's going on and then they're making adjustments uh during the fight that is something that uh, is very interesting i gotta tell you though they're going to be hard pressed to be able to top uh, what we got on Saturday night. I know we were all starving for for that, and they delivered 
Um, pretty much every fight was wicked. And even the fights that weren't wicked were still good. Yep. It was a top-notch card. That's, that's a tough card to top at the best of circumstances. And that card was really, really stacked. This card, not as stacked, but there's a couple of opportunities, Cam, on this card for violence. And I'm telling you what, uh, there's a couple of fights that are going to be a lot of fun on this card. We're going to break it all down as uh, we bring in everybody listening on SB Nation, a radio, the loudest station in the nation. I am Gabriel Morenci throwing it down with the Raging Redhead. Cam Stewart, let's do this thing. We've got the UFC rapidly approaching. Forget, forget about UFC 249. We're on to UFC Fight Night, and uh, we're on to um, Anthony Smith, who, of course, got in. His last fight, Anthony Smith, wasn't in the octagon. It was in his living room against a home intruder in Nebraska. And uh, if you guys remember, this happened about six weeks ago or so, not that long ago, actually. Somebody broke into his house while he was, in, uh, he was sleeping. He heard noise, like, downstairs type of deal, and the dark yeah. went down there, and there was a guy... Yeah. Basically, like, not even stealing things, like, just smashing things. Like, he wasn't, like, the guy broke in, not even, like, he started to start, like, he started smashing up the guy's living room and stuff. It's a scary and, feeling. If you've ever been in that situation before, I told you, the guy coming at my locks, I was sitting there with a butcher knife going, you better not come in, buddy. This is my place. And it freaks you out, too, when it's happening at 2.30, 3 o'clock in the morning. But I got to give the meth intruder a lot of credit, Gabe. If we bet the over-under, he, he, he made the over. Like, you'd think a UFC fighter would put him in a pretzel pretty quick, but apparently this guy was uh, pretty tough. Pretty tough. Well, Anthony Smith said, I kicked him in the head. <laughs> he said, I elbowed him in the face a bunch of times. He said, I even took him down. Yeah. He basically, like, this guy went 25 minutes with John Jones. And yeah. he, said, he said that the intruder just kept getting back up. <laughs> and, yeah. and the intruder had a knife, too. Right, the intruder pulled oh, a knife boy. out. Oh, right, oh. so there was there was a sketchy moment. Smith said after it was scarier, like scarier than being in the octagon, for uh, sure type of deal. Now he's he's got to deal with Glover Teixeira um, after the fact. And now listen, Glover Teixeira is a really 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 tough guy. I do think Lionheart is going to win this fight. I think Anthony can win this fight. Glover Teixeira is forty years old, guys. Yep. Anthony is thirty one years old. And that, you know, that's a nine-year age difference. That's a big window. It's not a couple of years. It's yeah, like and Glover's an old 40 cap. Yeah, I know. He's got that sort of, he's got a soft belly. It looks like he's had that, <laughs> hung out with you at your barbecues a couple of times. <laughs> great fighter, though. It's, it's, it's a great fighter. <laughs> All right, so we're going to get into the UFC. NASCAR is back. I figure, though, listen, since it's Tuesday and the UFC card is Wednesday, We'll hit the UFC today. We're going to hit the, the bag. Hit the bag once again. Give you guys some picks. They won't be tomorrow night. We'll have our official picks. Our best bets. Um, this card sort of crept up on us, considering that last card was so deep. Now we got to dig a little bit deeper uh, to find some winners on this card. But I've already put together a six-pack, actually. So I'll share wow. that with you. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. Game time decisions continues. I am Gabriel Morenci. I'm on the grid at Sports Grid. You can find me on Twitter at Sports Grid. You can find my main man, Raging Redhead, Cam Stewart. 
at Kev Stewart live on Twitter. We've actually got a Twitter poll question uh, that we're going to talk about in a couple of uh, minutes. We've got a stack show uh, today. Ross Dellinger is going to join us from Sports Illustrated, SI.com in the house. Kevin Walsh in the house. Mike Blewett in the house. Kev Stewart in the house. Uh, we're fully stacked. Uh, we're talking UFC. We'll get into some NASCAR, uh, some NFL. Our poll question was NBA uh, related, but... Uh, First things first, let me uh, just bring up four words, unfortunately, right now that sports fans are starting to hate a lot. The first two words, Dr. Fauci. <laughs> it's not Dr. Fauci's second, fault. He's just doing his job. Second two words, Gavin Newsom. Newsom. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. He's, and, he's hated. Yeah, yeah, Newsom. Yeah, it's all right. It's like, oh, shut up, Newsom. We know you don't like it. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. yeah. Newsom doesn't like sports. Shut up, Gavin. <laughs> the good point you raised, and I wanted to ask you about that. Dr. Fauci says, listen, guys, football is the worst possible sport to play in a pandemic. It is. Think about it. He, and he brought up, he said, guys are tackling each other constantly. He yeah. said, you're just going to be spreading the virus constantly throughout a game. And then he even brought up, he goes, you can test them, but they might get it when they leave the stadium after. That's... And then he said, you're going to have to test them like basically every two days. He said this, every player in the NFL would have to get tested every two days. He said, inevitably, a bunch of guys will get it. And he went on to say, football is like the last sport that people should be thinking about. Think about it. Which oh, is upset oh. people. <laughs> Sack, ball loose, seven guys in the pile. <sighs> breathing at the end. I remember we told Bill Romanowski, oh, they're grabbing everything, raking eyes, going on, you know, hit, popping this. Yeah, think about it. The things that go on at the bottom of a football pile in close proximity, it is a nightmare. Like it is the Corona 19, that is the pile of football. Ugh, that's bad news, Gabe. I don't like it. It just, it's, it's, it's a lot. See, Dr. Fauci tells Peter King, uh, sweat does not do it. This is a rep respiratory virus, so it's going to be spread by uh, shedding uh, virus. The problem with the virus shedding is that I have, uh, if I have it in my nasal uh, pharynx and it sheds, and I wipe my hand against my nose, now it's on my hand. Now when I touch my chest or on my thigh, then it's on my chest or thigh for a few hours. Sweat won't transmit it. But when people are in such close contact as football players on every single play, that's the perfect setup for spreading. I would think that uh, if there's an infected football uh, player on the field, a middle linebacker or a tackle, whoever it is, as soon as they hit the next guy, the chances are they'll be shedding the virus all over that person. If you really want to be in that situation, you want, well, you want to be absolutely certain, you test the players before the game and you say, those are infected, sorry, you're sidelined, those are free, get in there and play. And he goes on to talk more about this medically, but just sort of sets up what football's up against here. Yeah, and uh, it, it's a it's a big deal. And you talked about it before, and we're not to want to be the bearers of bad news, but we have to be realistic about the scenario. Look at some of the soccer leagues, like things were going. Guys are testing positive. It, that's the thing. People don't understand. Just because you don't have it today, look at the UFC. We haven't heard anything, but two weeks after the card, we'll see. We don't know what's going to happen. It's one of yeah. those things that it attacks later. That's that's the whole thing. It's not like it's instant, like a cut. It you know it lingers. It could take a week, eight days. And football is the ultimate sport. Think about how close the proximity you are, the huddle, the breathing. There's so many things going on, buddy. And uh, yeah, we haven't even had the second and third wave. We're trying to stay positive. We want to do this thing. But I'll tell you, man, football's got huge challenges. And you said it, testing expensive for that sport. You're going to have to do it again and again and again. That could break the bank. That's the problem. The economics become a real hurdle. Yeah, we'll talk about this with Ross Dellinger from Sports Illustrated from a college uh, football perspective. 
It's funny. Now the uh, the NCAA is suddenly very concerned about safety. Mark Emmert says, uh, well, if there's not students on campus, then I don't see how there can be games. And, you know, he's going to find something out right now that he doesn't uh, have as much power. He's got power to screw kids over for endorsement deals. Uh, but as you and I talked about, the SEC, the Big 12, the Sun Belt, they're not going to care what the NCAA says. That's <laughs> like, right. They won't care. Right. Like that. That's what's going to come down to. They're going to say whatever. You don't even have any power over us. What are you going to do? Like you can't stop the Georgia Bulldogs from playing Alabama. If the University of Alabama agrees to play the University of Georgia, Mark Emmer can't stop that. Right. Like, he, you know, he can cry about it all he wants, but he can't stop that. You know, but there's uh, there's a lot of real estate ahead of us. And baseball is another story. I'm curious to see, um, you know, what, what kind of news comes out of the meetings that they're going to have uh, this week. It's all about finances right now. And it's interesting because the NBA, uh, now the NBA, we're always talking about how long they're all on the same page. The NBA owners are telling the players, oh, yeah, by the way, when we play, you guys got to take a massive pay cut. Yeah. 40% now. 40% without the fans. The NBA says that 40% of the revenue is generated through arenas and live fans, which um, is amazing because they get a lot of revenue through TV. So it means how much revenue they have. But our poll question, Cam, so before we get to it, let me ask you, though. You said, come on, man, it's not Dr. Fauci's fault. And one thing about Fauci is, too, he was a good basketball player. He actually played basketball in, in high school, a little in college, I believe, too. He's a good basketball player. He's a big sports fan as well. He is. So it's not like he's a hater about this. But people, it's the classic case where people are starting to blame the messenger, right? And, you know, the, the protesters and, you know, everything's political, Cam. But a lot of people... You know, like fire Fauci's a hashtag all the time. Like it's Fauci's fault. It's the classic you're shooting the messenger. Listen, Fauci's goal is to keep everyone safe and he doesn't want a pandemic to turn into something even worse than it can be in the United States. It's a it's a problem right now. He's thinking about personal safety. If you don't like it, and some people, you know what? There's different pe people, political views. Oh, this thing's a conspiracy, whatever. But the bottom line is such. You're in the backyard. Puccio's in the backyard in New York City. You saw the amount of deaths due to this thing. So stop screwing around and blaming the guy. He's just trying to keep everyone safe here. And people don't understand. Six degrees of separation, you could be fine first. One person goes in, ding, all the people you know. That's the problem. It's It spreads so damn quick. Fauci just wants to get things under control. You don't think he wants sports? Remember two weeks ago? Oh, we're going to do this. We're going to move ahead. He only gets his director from people even like the whole global situation. He's just trying to minimize the effects, buddy, and get and keep people safe. It's not his fault. He's actually trying to help you. I know it's disappointing right now. We had UFC, but the guy's not a prick. He's just doing his job. Um, my deal, my deal with um, with this is football has time, guys. Yes, they do. The football still has time. The problem, baseball is the bigger problem. The thing is, the cases are still on the rise. So it's not as if, oh, hey, everything's good now. Hey, you know, it's died down. Let's, you know, ease back in. It's like, no, cases are on the rise, but we're frustrated about staying in. So forget about it. Let's just see what happens now. And what happens now probably won't end up very well, no. uh, to be honest. Football still has time on its side. Baseball, I just don't see. Um, David Sansom, and I hate quoting David Sansom because I've called him Scumbag Sampson so many times over the years. <laughs> low Life Gloria? Low Life Gloria and Scumbag Sampson. But he actually, and I hate to say this, but he's right. He said, oh, this talk about July is crazy. He goes, August 1st, maybe. And he brought up, he said, it's going to take them weeks of arguing, like even to get anywhere. 
right? Like, so, you know, the July 1st stuff, I think, is just, you know, that that's uh, false that's news. Smoke. Yeah, it's that's smoke. false news, baby. So false. to speak. But I, uh, so the poll question related to Shaquille O'Neal. Shaquille O'Neal says, uh, just give it up. He says that, why are you even playing at this point? Just get ready for next year in the NBA, that nobody's going to respect the NBA champion. He said, whoever wins this isn't, it's not even a real championship. And the season will always have this big asterisk next to it. You should just scrap it. And I asked people on Twitter, uh, GTD poll questions, Shaq says scrap season, uh, that the NBA champ won't be a real champ. Do you agree? At SportsGrid at uh, SB Nation Radio, uh, the three choices were means more in a pandemic, 21.8%. Champion will have asterisks next to him, uh, 28.7%. Scrap it. 49.5%. That really surprises me. We've, uh, you know, we'll we'll have more um, responses before the show is done, before, you know, we have a final tally, so to speak. But I'm surprised that 49% early want to scrap the season. I am too, Gabe. And we'll give our answer at the other side. We'll go into detail. But that's shocking to me. I I, I didn't expect half of the the poll to be on that side. And basketball is the one sport I think they can make it work. But we'll talk about it. You know, basketball, it's, I still think it's a problem. Like, if you look, if you look at that Detroit Piston and Utah Jazz game, four people got it from one game. That's true. And never mind who was in the stands as well. Mm-hmm. Right? Christian Wood got it. Donovan Mitchell got it. Rudy yep. Gobert got yep. it. And uh, Christian Wood and a cameraman uh, got it as well. A courtside cameraman got it that night. So, and basketball, they're all passing around the same basketball, man. All right, we'll get into it. And more game conditions continues. You, let's say you start September 10th, but you have no fans, or you start in November with fans, there's owners that are saying, let's just wait, Commissioner. Yep. We yep. want the money. We want the fans. right? We don't want to give this up. The Canadian Football League grief. is already tapped out. They even had a meeting. It's like, this yeah. does not look good. We're gonna, like They've almost quit before it started, right? So you got to believe the NFL owners are thinking, you know what? They made the financial point. choice in the CFL that without fans, it's... It's not financially it's worth it. Exactly. And that, that they can't, sense. like, they don't have the, the, the billions of dollars television rights. I'm surprised that TSN Television, who's the rights holder of the Canadian Football League, didn't tell them, no, 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 no. We'll, we we'll, work- give, you, we'll give you yeah. money. Like, make sure you get the games on. Exactly. But the, the CFL realized, to, to do for the CFL, they would have to do the exact same things that, like, the NFL does without any money. Yeah. Like, how the hell is the CFL supposed to test 48 guys every day, Cam? They don't have the money, the resources. It's just too much. And then what? So the Winnipeg Blue Bombers to play the Ticats? You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, they're just, it's, I don't have a problem with it. Shut it down. Get ready. Everyone fix your books up. You're going to get a little bit of bailout, some relief funds. Set your books up and move forward. NFL will go on. But as far as baseball is concerned, this is the, the new plan, Cam. <laughs> what the, the new preferred plan? Yeah, the new yeah the new preferred plan, which is somewhat delusional once again. Like they're always just they don't live in reality. These guys. So the new deal is they want to start in mid July, all right, and they want to get going in like so basically in in June of a new spring training and everybody gets ready for the season again. It's going to take another three weeks to a month, uh, essentially. That's too long. So a season of eighty games or more. Is, uh, is the hope. I've heard 78 games, 80 games, 81 games. 
teams would only face division rivals and play in the same geographical uh, division in the other league to keep the games regional. So you'd only play your division rivals so, or teams in a division where the cities aren't that far from you. An expanded postseason format that would see seven teams go to the playoffs um, and teams would play in their home stadiums. That's the part I don't get. Like, so, like, a good a good, a good example is, and this comes up right away, as they ask, what about the Toronto Blue Jays? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All yeah. travelers to Canada have to go into a 14-day quarantine. Like, it doesn't matter who. Like, um, if, if you're traveling, yeah, so... everybody. Mm-hmm. So maybe... Game time decisions continues. Get on the grid. SB Nation Radio, the loudest station in the nation. Let's do this thing. We've got a stack show. Ross Gallagher from Sports Illustrated still set to join us. Uh, Mike Blue at Sports Grid's uh, very own. Kevin Walsh from Archie Bunker's basement <laughs> in Queens stepped up and in. We've got Ronnie Ruggs, a.k.a. Cam Stewart, kicking it uh, with us as well. You just love that basement, don't you? Oh, it's, uh, you got a Gabe, I'm not jealous of too many things, but I just, I love old school basements. Like, they're just so comfortable. It's like comfort food. You know, you come home and you have a nice big roast. It's like beautiful. The house smells good. Walsh's basement, just the fine wooden look. You're right. He's probably got a comfy Archie Bunker chair there. All the old boxing posters. It's a great place to drink from. And when he told me he had taps, I almost lost my mind. I'm like, what a perfect place for an NFL Sunday. If I ever get back uh, to New York City, I think we should hang out in Walsh's uh, dungeon there for a while. It looks pretty cool. Yeah, Mr. Walsh, uh, uh, Senior. Walsh Senior, yes. Yeah, it says we're welcome. It says, yeah, yeah, come down. We're like, I said, oh, we can drink. We're gonna, uh, we're gonna wipe those taps out. We're gonna wipe <laughs> those taps out when we come. Uh, but yeah, we look forward to it. Hang out in Queens uh, in the future with the Walshes and then uh, Bunker's <laughs> basement. Look forward to uh, to that. Um, all right, so we were just talking about the poll question. I was surprised that forty nine percent of people so far said scrap it, and I've been thinking about this as well. And you know. Everybody's in the same position. Yes, it's not the same. It's not the same as going on the road and going through the process of playing the playoffs. But it doesn't mean that it doesn't mean anything. I Two teams can both be tough. Exactly. Yes. Like whoever like went there and actually was the last team standing, you could say, man, we went through the season and a freaking pandemic and just won the championship. Yep. I'd have a hard time and looking at those guys hosting the trophy, uh, hosting the trophy, uh, trophy after that night, hoisting That's the trophy. Point. Something I'm never going to try to say ever again. Uh, <laughs> I have a hard time, like looking at the champions after and then saying, "Oh yeah, they're not real champions." Yeah, asterisk, asterisk, my ass. I'll tell you one thing. In this, think about it. You want the world to get back to normalcy? Winning with all this negativity in the world? I don't put an asterisk beside it. I still think it's very, very impressive. And another thing, basketball. Yeah, is there an asterisk next to Justin Gaethje's win because exactly. it wasn't fans there? No. Exactly. So shut up, everyone. You know what I mean? And I respect the, the viewers and listeners. But think about this. You want things to get back to normal. Basketball is one thing that could do it. You talk about the balls. What about the three-point competition? Have about 100 different 
footballs. After a few possessions, you switch a new ball. That's not hard to do. They have the idea. Disney World, we have Vegas. Mandalay Bay can build these things. NBA rosters, way less than Major League Baseball and football. There are a lot of positives when you're looking at getting back to normalcy with basketball. And Marenzi, I look at things differently like you. If you win this thing in the pandemic, you still have to go through tons of mental stuff. It's still a tournament. I don't put an asterisk beside anything. It's still going to be a hard trophy to win. Let's give it some love and respect. Yeah, and it's not as though it's like the NCAA tournament. It's single elimination. You're going to go yeah. through a best of three of five and then a bunch of four of sevens after. Yes. Uh, yes. Is it on the road? No. Uh, but so? it's a true test. It's actually the ultimate test. It is. You're neutral on a site. neutral court with no fans. Who's better? Exactly. Right? There's no hype. There's no anything. There's no crowd influencing referees. Who's better? Let's go. Let's ball. That's a big I, I thing. I don't have a problem with it, actually. That's a big thing, too. And I, I, actually, that is a great point you bring up. How many times, and I'm going to say this, you could talk to Walsh about this, LeBron gets the calls, all the big stars of the game. Now with no fans, we're going to see how interesting this is. There's nobody to influence it. Maybe the games will be called a little bit tighter. You know, I agree with that. And I think the team that wins, it is a true test. Because how many times have we watched, in the playoffs especially, TV stations want certain teams and players to succeed. It's a no-brainer. Don't say we're stupid. We're not naive. We've been down this road before. And without the fans, I think it's going to be actually more ca called on an more equal playing field. And I think that's great for the game. So, uh, you know, it's great. The fact that we have the UFC back and uh, we've got another card on Saturday. But let's worry about Wednesday's card first here, yep. all right? Let's worry about Wednesday's cards uh, first here. So Anthony Smith is, is the main event against Glover Teixeira. Uh, both these fighters are four and one in their last five fights coming into this uh, fight. Uh, Anthony Smith is seven and two in his last nine fights, but they're sort of at different stages of their career uh, right now. Glover Teixeira, like you know, was in the mix for the championship four or five years ago. Mm -hmm. Anthony Smith is in the mix for the championship now. You know, he went 25 minutes uh, with John Jones. He beat Alexander Gustafsson in the fourth round, and you that's know, impressive. That's a tough Swede right there, Alexander Gustafsson. Damn right, tough as they come. You look, so listen, Anthony Smith, Cam, he's 7-2 in his last nine fights. One of the losses was to John Jones. And, you know, he's 4-1 in his last five. He doesn't do anything great. He just sort of finds a way. He's a tough dude. What I like about him in this fight is that he's nine years younger, Cam. And Glover Teixeira used to be known uh, for his great stand-up. He's a great boxer, uh, Teixeira. Yeah, he could, in his prime, he could lay you out, man. Oh, yeah, yeah. Thunderhands. And he's got a good submission game. He's very well-rounded. Mm -hmm. Thing is, he's older. He's not like, you know, he's not really an athlete. He's a fighter. So he's an older dude. He's not in the best of shape. He's a no. little slower. And he's been able to wear out his opponents, and then he'll submit you. He just sort of uses experience against you. But Anthony Smith, he's fought in Gustafson. He's fought in John Jones. There's, there's, uh, he's fought in Shogun Hua. If you look at the fighters, like, there's nothing that Teixeira is going to do to him that he hasn't seen before. I don't like the fact that he's minus 184, Cam, and maybe you like you want to roll the dice with the underdog here, but I think the right fighter is favored. I, you know, it's a little high, but I think he's going to win the fight. No, I agree with you. I think Smith's the play there. Uh, you might have to find parlay material. Gabe, I saw opening up at 175. I've seen it at there. I've also seen it where you're saying like around a buck 80. If you like it, I don't know. Do you think the odds are going to go up or down? I think people might want to take a look at the dog in this fight just, just for name value, or do you think he can go up to minus 200? My, my guess is it's a good question, actually. And we'll, we'll know in 24 hours. We'll check. Um, and for the record, it was the most heavily bet UFC card ever before. Right. FanDuel, FanDuel broke their record, I know. They tweeted it out. 
They tweeted, they said, we just took more action on any UFC card than we've ever taken before. Wow. And that was only at the Pettis fight. That was <laughs> Pettis and Cowboy Cerrone. And that was the last fight on the undercard. Yeah, the, the paper <laughs> didn't even start yet, and FanDuel had already broken a record. That's insane. Sean Hannett said during the broadcast that uh, it is the heaviest bet MMA card in the history of MMA, actually, wow. uh, over, over the weekend. So well, we'll see as far as the impact. This card won't have as much because it's not on a Saturday. There's not as much hype about this. It's not Tony Ferguson. It's not Gaethje, et cetera, right? But uh, still, there's some fun fights here. Ben Rothwell, big boy Ben Rothwell. Ben, Ben's a big guy fighting OSP who goes up to heavyweight. You know, I'm going to take a chance here, Cam, that this fight goes the distance. I think this is going to be a boring fight. Ben Rothwell's kind of a slow dude. OSP's a former Tennessee volunteer football player. He's a tough guy. He's hard to knock out. He's also going to fight pretty cautious. Um, he'll get in and out against Rothwell. At plus 156, I think there's some value here um, that, uh, that we can get there. I think I'm going to roll the dice. You got to take a chance sometimes with plus money. And plus 156 is enough to make me interested, Ken. I, I agree with you. And also, Gabe, I, I know this is like the senior card. I feel uh, a lot of old guys uh, on the card. You talk about Teixeira. Rothwell's been around for a while. So is OSP. I will say that line kind of tells me that they think Rothwell has a good chance in this fight. Uh, you're only getting what plus 120, 125. I agree with you. I think usually the heavyweight fights are early, but this one will go the distance. And I will say this: I might take a shot with Ben Rothwell. I think he's got a chance in this fight. OSP's all right, but I, I think Rothwell. He's a tough sob man, and I don't Rothwell like betting against this fighter. That's what I think too. And I'm going like, to take the OSP, plus money. OSP is just tough. Yes. You know what I mean? He's one of these guys. He's not really great. He's a football player. He transitioned. He's kind of a boring fighter. Yep. He's gotten better, like, with years, obviously. He's a tough dude. He like, is. That's what I'm saying. Like, I can see it going to distance. Like, he's a hard guy to finish, OSP. Right? Like, he's a tough, tough-ass dude. And so is Ben Rothwell. You know, the way this fight ends, either OSP beats him on points, in my opinion, or Rothwell somehow catches him at some point. Right? It's a very tough fight to pick the winner. I just like it plus money at plus 156. I think it's worth rolling the dice with. Now, this next one, Cam, Ray Borg, great name, huh? Ray Borg. <laughs> Mr. Borg. Yeah. <laughs> Ray Borg. futile. You will assimilate the Borg. <laughs> Old Star Borg. Trek uh, school. Um, the Borg. Ricky, Ricky Simon fights Ray Borg. I'm a fan of Ray Borg. He's been through a lot. He got hit in the face by Conor McGregor when he threw that dolly. His kid was born with, uh, with like, brain issues. Um, and nearly passed uh, during the birth. The guy's been through a lot. He's had injuries. He's been through a lot over the years, uh, Borg. But uh, Ricky Simon is a tough guy to be fighting for. And Ricky Simon's like two inches taller. He's got a six-inch reach advantage, guys, uh, as well. Now, how about this, though? This is parlay material. And I'm telling you, use this in a parlay, guys. Ricky Simon and Ray Borg fight to go the distance. Will the fight go the distance? It's minus 240. That it goes the distance, yes. But how about this, Kemp? Ray Borg, his last nine fights have gone the distance. Wow. And um, Ricky Simon, Ricky, don't you lose that, lose that number. Yeah, Ricky didn't lose the number. He's gone over the number. He's gone in his, he's gone the distance in eight of his last nine fights. Wow. So, <laughs> yeah, between the two of them, we're 16 for 17 to, to the distance. It's minus 240, but it's parlay material right there. Yeah, it's parlayable. I, I I agree there. Uh, hey, don't get off the train. You talk about uh, trends. Those are crazy trends. I can't believe how long and deep they are. I was wondering about this one, Gabe. Uh, Hernandez and Dauber, what about what about that fight? It's almost a straight pick em. You got an opinion on that one? 
You know, as of right now, FanDuel didn't have the uh, the fight of the night props up. Mm -hmm. uh, sometimes they do, which is going to be you know, the, the fight of the night. I think this is the one, Cam, that could be the most exciting fight of the night. This is the one where it's going to be like, oh, my God, these two guys yep. are killing each other. Like, they're, they're going to go at it, these two. I like Alexander Hernandez uh, in this fight, plus 100. Yeah, Dober's he's even. A nice run. Five and one in his last six in the cage. This is Dover's 15th fight in the octagon uh, in the UFC. Alex Hernandez, he only has four fights. He's a young kid. He's 27. He only has four fights in the UFC. He's 11 and two overall. His one loss, though, Cam, is to Cowboy Cerrone. Oh. And it was just one of those cases where he wasn't quite ready. He was favored in that fight. And I was on Cowboy. Cowboy sort of taught him a lesson a little bit, but he responded. He beat a very tough Brazilian man, an older dude in Francisco Trinaldo. I think he has enough to beat Dauber here at uh, at plus 100. I'm going to take the uh, I'm going to take the kid here, 27 years old, at plus 100, Ken. Yeah, it's interesting, Gabe. Like, take a look at the fights too. Other than Smith, a buck 75, we have OSP 140, uh, Dober 120. Like, you know what I mean? There's a lot oh, of fights. Tough fights that, to pick. Yeah. Yeah, like it's none of this. There's one fight with the women, right? Eubanks and Morris. She's my last fight, Ken. Okay. We got to take a quick break. Rock Dallinger is going to step up and Sports Illustrated get on the grid. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. Get on the grid, a sports grid, and of course, the loudest station in the nation, SB Nation Radio. We're throwing it down, and I always love talking to the guys over from SI and SI.com. Always well informed. I always feel smarter. Always feel smarter uh, after talking to the crew over at Sports Illustrated. Let's bring in uh, Ross Dellinger right now, talk some college uh, football. And I brought this up earlier, Ross, at the top of the program. I said um, four words that uh, sports fans are starting to uh, very, very much dislike right now. And I don't think it's any fault of their own, actually. But Dr. Fauci and Gavin Newsom, <laughs> those are four <laughs> words that when people hear, they're like, ah, just shut up, stop talking. Specifically, Fauci, and we were talking about earlier in the program, it's like, you know, it's a classic case of people shooting the messenger, so to speak, and getting upset. But he's talking about how he thinks football is almost like the hardest sport of them all um, to, to play. And, you know, we've been following the college football landscape right now. You've got a bunch of college um, conference commissioners that are definitely not on the same page. It's almost like America itself. Different states are at different stages, have different game plans moving forward. There's just so much in the air right now as far as college football is concerned, isn't there, Ross? There is, yeah. It's uh, and, and you know we're we're in early mid-May, so it, it, we still have a long way to go. I think you're going to see more decisions uh, being made into June, mid to late June. Uh, I think some ADs and commissioners have have publicly said that the timeline now, instead of at the end of May, in order to decide if you're going to have a, a season or not or start on time, is instead at the end of May, it's more at the end of June now. I think they're going to wait until they get all the information they can. They figured out they need about six weeks, uh, a team football team does, to prepare 
um, for a season. So if you get a decision by right around July 4th, you should be able to bring uh, the kids back on campus mid to late July and, and have that six-week period and then start the season. That's obviously the best case uh, scenario. Uh, so there are obviously a lot of other questions that goes in with this. Once you get them to campus, what kind of safety precautions uh, do you take? Uh, you know, if you have the, the second wave of the virus come mid-season, what do you do? Uh, do you play a full season, a conference, maybe just conference games? Uh, there's just there's just so many so many questions that that are going to be unanswered for a while, probably. You know, it's funny. You just word you mentioned the word safety. That's not really a word when fans talk, right? Well, there has to be college football. Oh, I'm sick of being inside. Ah, oh, freaking Dr. Fauci. Ah, oh, Gavin Newsom. It's like, guys, these kids already played for free. You're gonna roll them out. Is it safe? Uh, for these kids. Now, it's pretty clear that to me, I don't know if I'm right, when people ask me, Marenzi, what's happening with college football, I tell them I think some conferences are going to play, I think some schools are going to play, and, and maybe some schools don't play, and, you know, the SEC's all but sort of said, listen, we're playing, right, and what's going to happen if other conferences don't play? What happens to the playoffs, though, hypothetically? Like, there's just so many, I know it's just so hypothetical, but like the Ducks, if they can't hold any events for the first month of September, like the government's dead recently, and they'll, they'll look into it again. And the Ducks AD said, no, we're going to play. We want to play. Does that mean they have to play four weeks in a row on the road, maybe? Right? That, that's the way that it works right now. There will be competitive imbalances, won't there be? There will, yeah. And, you, you know, I was talking to a few conference commissioners for a story that will drop later this week on, on SI, just kind of pooling together with what they say. And that's that's one of the things they actually do kind of agree on is that they are uh, expecting that to happen. What you're talking about is is conferences playing at at uh, different times, you know, and or schools coming back at different times and reopening at different times. You're you're gonna have some uh, inequity in in you always have inequity in college football, but you're gonna have even more so this year with different states opening at different times. You know, some schools could come back at the mid-July mark that we talked about maybe, but others might not be able to come back till mid-August. And if that happens, that team's not going to rush two weeks and then play. So you don't play at all or you, you they delay their season. There are a lot of those unanswered questions. I was talking to a conference commissioner who said, you know, if you have, if you have a 12-team league and you have, you know, 10 of your teams ready to play, you're going to play. You know, those other yeah. two – <laughs> um, uh, you're just going to have to leave. You know, that's just going to, that's what's going to have to happen. And, and hopefully that doesn't happen. But if you talk to all these ADs and commissioners, everything is lining up for those things to happen where you might have 80 teams playing football and, and 30 not, 40 not. It, it, it would seem to be kind of crazy uh, for that to happen. But uh, because the virus is affecting different cities and states differently, you are probably going to have potentially either schools not some schools not playing at all or some schools playing um getting started later as far as training and practice uh, si's uh, ross dellinger uh, with us talking college football james franklin was talking and he said well if 75 or 80 percent of our conference can play then why would we shut it down for the 20 percent that couldn't play and as a michigan wolverine fan i'm pretty much thinking he's saying screw you michigan if you're not ready if you're not ready and Rutgers is a good example the new jersey area was hit pretty hard and i feel governor phil murphy i could see him allowing games being played but there's not a hope in hell that i don't believe they're going to allow fans uh there and then so mark emmert comes into this recently ross what do you make of his comments 
Is he just sort of saying, don't forget about us in this? Because it seems like the conference is going on without him. Well, yeah, you know, that's the thing about college football. You don't have a commissioner like you you do in the NFL or the other pro leagues. Uh, you know, the, the power five, the autonomy five commissioners primarily run college football. And then you get the group of five in there and you have those 10 conference commissioners. And they're they're really the decision makers in, in football. And, and uh, Mark Emmer kind of works for them in a way as opposed to the other way around, which we see on pro leagues where the commissioner has a lot more power. Uh, a lot of people say that, uh, you know, college should have, college sports should have some kind of commissioner uh, who can who can uh, rule universally when it comes to decisions like this. And maybe we're, this is a step that uh, shows everybody that we need this and this is a step in that direction. But for now, the, the conference commissioners are the one that are going to make the decisions and they work for the school presidents and chancellors. And so really the decision makers in all this are going to be at the school presidential chancellor, you know, commissioner level. And, uh, and of course, they're going to make their decisions based on medical personnel and uh, governors in, in the state and all these, you know, gathering ordinances. So I did see what uh, Mark Emmert said. Uh, a few days ago, and there's certainly been some commissioners who who have con they've contradicted each other when they, when they were talking about you know having uh, having athletic events on campus without in-person classes. Uh, there seems to be some semantic when it comes to a, a a campus being open or not being open. You know, I think of a segment uh, from what I gather from talking to commissioners. I think of a segment of students are taking classes on campus you can have student athletes on campus. If, if no student at all is taking in-person classes, that would seem to think that the campus is closed and you, you can't have student athletes. But every school or most schools seem to be intending or planning to have some portion of their students on campus taking classes. I saw the president of Texas Tech, uh, I believe it was on CNN stating that uh, they're gonna have, they're gonna have um, students on campus that they're making their own tests. The university lab is making their own tests. They're going to test the students. I know Arizona was saying the same thing. That's where it's interesting. So if Arizona wants to play and ASU want to play, but USC can't, you know, then, then it gets interesting once again. Never mind the college football playoff. Um, so, I, you know, I don't think it was any coincidence, uh, Ross, that the NCAA and Mark Emmert and company stated, well, you know what, we're going to, uh, you know, we're going to really look into this endorsement stuff after all these college basketball uh, players, potential college basketball players started going to the, the, new, the, the new G League team, some kids going to Europe. So talk to me right now about the video game because this, you know, there used to be the video game. They stopped it. Where are we at right now as far as you know, the rights for this? I know in the video game world, people, uh, they really want this game. Uh, on the market, but how, how is the licensing going to work for this? Is, is the NCAA really, is this, is this pandemic going to force the NCAA to step into 2020, actually? Well, yeah, you know, it, it, beyond the pandemic, I actually think, you know, the, the state legislators uh, have really pushed the NCAA. That's, that's, what's, that's what's been behind this is all these state laws, these varying different state laws that are popping up to govern name, image, and likeness. You know, over 30 states uh, are considering some kind of NIL bill 
Um, in, in three of the states, it, the bill has already been passed through, Florida, Colorado, in California. Uh, Colorado and California's take effect in 2023. Florida's, if it's signed by the governor, which most people expect this summer, it'll take effect next July. And so next July, it's kind of like NILD day, because when, when next July takes place and you've got Florida uh, playing under different rules, their own NIL rules, uh, you're going to have some issues and we're going to have some court battles. So, uh, you know, the NCA needs Congress to to do something when it comes to NIL to preempt these state laws or, or come up with some federal uh, NIL bill of, of, of some sort. So, uh, you know, as far as the video game, uh, you know, we saw the recommendations from the in, in NCA working group on NIL a couple weeks ago, and they excluded one big thing, and it was group licensing. That uh, it was recommended that group licensing not uh, be a part of NIL, and that would mean that uh, not just the video game would would not return, but trading cards wouldn't be available, jerseys uh, with players' names on the back in mass production that 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 wouldn't happen. Uh, group licensing controls all that. And so right now, the recommendation is no group licensing. That could change. And uh, most people expect it to eventually change over the next few years, but it could change over the next few months until the right. NCA, you know, votes on something in January. But fingers crossed that that it does change. It sounds it sounds to me it's like a parent telling a kid, listen, I want you to go out and have fun tonight on your date, but you better be back by seven o'clock. So the NCAA, yeah, no, no, we're all for this, except except video games, trading cards, jerseys, and pretty much anything that you can make money on. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, they they're they're putting in restrictions. You know, as, as the one lawyer I talked to, you know, they're they're cracking open the door to NIL instead of swinging it all the way open, and and they're they're having some restrictions in there, uh, like the logo stuff. You know, kids can't use their own school logo and, and apparel when they do these NIL ventures and advertisements. So there are a bunch of restrictions in there uh, that are, are, you know, making the uh, the NCA's NIL laws certainly disputed among a lot of athlete activists and, of course, video game players that, that want to see the game back. Listen, you know, so we've got to get out of here. We've got about two minutes. It's a pleasure been uh, talking college football with you, Ross. But one thing I've always said, and I've always been on the side of um, – of paying the players, of the players uh, getting some re retribution for, for their services. But at the same point in time, I don't think it's a good idea to have a bunch of kids buying Ferraris and stuff. And, you know, I, I, they're not pros, right? They're not men yet. So, you know, to me, that's going to be interesting. I know not that many players would make that type of money, but I always thought that basically they should say, all right, listen, we're going to put $25,000 each into a fund for you guys. You're going to get when you leave college. So if you don't get a job, you've got a couple hundred K to fall back on. I've always thought that would be a system that would be good, but I don't have a problem with this. Listen, I've been a longtime radio host and I know how it's going to work. You know what? The offensive linemen of the Toledo, uh, you know, Toledo Rockets are going to get some free pizzas and stuff. You know what I mean? Come on down to Chuck's Pizza. Right, Pizza. right. Cut a local TV ad and stuff like that. It's better than nothing. It's better than nothing, but I guess we're still, it'll be interesting to see how it all plays out. It sure will. It sure will. Yeah, like you said, there's a segment of players that they're, they're not going to make as much, you know, and, and then there's that 20, 10 to 20 players that are going to yeah. potentially make it into six figures. So it'll be interesting to watch how it unfolds. Oh, well, I don't know. Zion did already anyways, right? So they, I guess the system <laughs> or so or so the rumor goes. Say what you will about Gilbert Arenas, actually, in the backyard. 
uh, in DC. He might be crazy, but you know he's right about a lot of things. He was like, come on, man. He goes, the last three big stars that went to Duke all got 150K. Everybody knows that. The words of Gilbert Arenas, not putting words in anyone else's mouth, but Ross had a lot of fun talking to you, man. Thanks a lot for taking the time to be with us on Game Time Decisions. Sure, thanks. Here's our Ross Dallager, Sports Illustrated, SI.com, get on the grid. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. Game time decision continues. Thanks for Ross Dellinger for kicking it uh, with us. Oh man, there's just so much, uh, so much in the air, uh, Cam, when it comes to football and college football as well uh, out there. Although, as you and I talked about, there's a lot of racetrack left uh, before they have to kick off. The National Football League doesn't have to kick off September the 10th, but college football is just so complicated. Uh, with you know 41 states involved, as we talked about, that play elite college football, are all these states going to be on the same page? What's going to happen when some schools won't want to play, but some schools do within their same conferences? Man, there's a lot up in the air when it talks when we talk about college football right now. You said it. And think about this too: when you're one of those schools, say you're not going to play in California, you're watching other schools play. You know how much of the football budget is important to keep the school functioning. There's going to be a lot of pressure, even with, you know, you're thinking about health and you're going, the money, it's like Skinner with the kids. Kids, money, money, money. It's all about the money. Give the kids new books. That's what's going to happen right there. they got to have pressure. Do you let kids go after? That's the thing. If they say, oh, we're not even playing, the kid's going to go, well, you know what? I'm just going to leave then. Let me transfer. Yeah, transfer. And you're going to tell a kid, oh, you have to sit out a year, even though there's a pandemic? There's just there's so many things up in the air uh, right now. Something I want to get to uh, here. I got to give the guy credit for how he's handling it. But uh, ESPN put Trevor Bauer's uh, phone number on national television. (laughs) 1-800-CALL-BAUER. I will say this, though. Sure, it's a mistake and you'll get some crank calls for a while. It's pretty easy to change your number when you're Trevor Bauer. That's probably done immediately. You know, when you got stalker coming after you, let's just say Bauer's on to a new number. But that's stupid. <laughs> so, yeah, during during the broadcast in the Korean Baseball League, they're bringing on big league players that are watching the games and, 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 and talk talk ball and stuff. So they brought him in uh, via FaceTime, uh, but they left the phone number on the screen. It said, talking to 63654, whatever. <laughs> you know, they, left, they left his number up. So, uh, so Bauer had some fun with it. And he's kind of known as a jerk, but good for him. As uh, he said after, and actually we can give you his number because he's running a contest. So ESPN just leaked my number to truly the entire world, LOL. In honor of this, shall we call it the massive screw-up? I'm going to do a giveaway. I'm going to give away a pair of side cleats and an autographed baseball over the next 48 hours. Rules are in my voicemail. Good luck. <laughs> Rules are in my voicemail. <laughs> yeah, so 661-993-2905. And we should give him a call. Hey, Bauer, thanks for that five-run interview. I never thought I'd put Trevor Bauer's number on here, but he asked us He's saying there's a contest. <laughs> give him a call. Get on a grid. <laughs> DailyRoto.com. 
Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com.